Hi, and welcome to Walk Talk, a podcast courtesy of the Wound, Ostomy, and Continence Nurses Society. Walk Talk is your opportunity to learn more about advocacy, education, and research that support the practice and delivery of expert healthcare to individuals with wound, ostomy, and continence care needs. Please visit wocn.org slash podcast to subscribe and make sure you never miss an episode. Now, here's your host, Jody Scardillo. Thank you for joining me on this week's edition of Walk Talk. I'm your host, Jody Scardillo, and this week I'm delighted to be sitting down with Angela Gaffney. Angela is the president of Essential Health and Wellness, a firm focused on building healthy communities and organizations. As an international wellness speaker, consultant, and author, she and her team have supported clients through inspiring keynotes, corporate consulting, executive retreats, and unique wellness programming. Angela is the catalyst for healthy transformation and helps others ignite change through her speaking, writing, and coaching. After surviving a personal health crisis that nearly took her life, Angela devoted time and education and energy into regaining her own health and becoming a certified health coach. Calling on her personal and professional experience, Angela has shared some of these proven strategies to help hundreds of others lose weight, boost energy, eliminate stress, and find balance in life. Angela will be the keynote speaker at WOC Next that's coming up in June in Cleveland. Thanks for joining me, Angela. I'm delighted to have you on with me today. Thank you, as I am delighted too. Thanks for having me. Oh, our pleasure. So I know that you're going to be our keynote speaker at WOC Next in Cleveland this coming June. And I also know that you experienced a personal health crisis that sort of acted as a catalyst to some of the things you're going to talk about in your keynote. Can you explain a little bit about what happened to you that led you down this path that you're on? Absolutely. That was definitely the catalyst for what I'm doing today. And it just happened kind of innocently. After having my second child, my body started kind of spiraling (laughs) downward, if you will. I did not expect that to happen. I was in my mid-30s. And after a long journey of very challenging days and quite frustrating days of not getting answers and people not really being able to explain why my body was experiencing different symptoms like joint pain and fatigue and headaches and stomach aches and just brain fog and memory loss. And I would get dizzy spells and weakness in my legs. I really declined quickly and doctors just couldn't define what was going on or explain it. I did get a diagnosis for three different autoimmune diseases, rheumatoid arthritis, palindromic rheumatism, and psoriatic arthritis. But the symptoms kind of progressed thereafter into these dizzy spells and a lot of weakness in my legs and was diagnosed with a disease that I was told would take my life. And that really shifted things for me. You'll hear more in the keynote about just the journey and the story of overcoming. And obviously, I'm still here 11 years later. But what I knew from that journey is that all the while I was going through it, I was really longing for someone to be able to be a guide or a mentor or a doctor or anyone who could have given me some guidance to help me find my way and help my body. And so that became the catalyst once I got my health back again. I really felt this fire within me that I just needed to be able to help others so that they never found themselves in what I would describe the black hole that I was in. 
because life has so much to give to us as we have to give to it. And if we can focus on caring for ourselves, then we can give our best back to life. Wow. Those are powerful words. Now, and your work has been featured in a lot of high-profile media outlets. Did you ever think when you started down that path after you got healthy that it would lead you to where you are now? No, I would say that no is the simple answer, but I knew, I just knew it's been my mission to provide people education and inspiration and support that allows them to transform their lives. And when I initially started nine years ago doing this business, doing this work, I started just with one-on-one coaching clients and I quickly started speaking. And then the attendees and the audiences grew and grew and grew. And now I am able to help others on a much larger scale than quite frankly, I ever dreamed I'd probably be doing. And I deem it an incredible blessing and joy and honor, really, in my life to be able to do it. And do you ever think to yourself, how did this happen that this grew so big? That's wonderful. I never think about how this happened. I really feel um, I'm a pretty spiritual person, so I'll just say that. But I really feel like this was a gift, this whole journey of mine. And I feel like I've, I really need to put it to good use and serve people in a bigger way. And so while I think it's amazing that we've been able to have such a great impact on people, instead of saying, wow, I can't believe it happened, it's more like, wow, I'm so grateful that this has taken place and that I can serve in this manner. But sometimes I do sit back and think, oh my gosh, this is so fantastic. I just, I love it. And it kind of shows my passion. I just can't hide it. I just, I love what I do. I'm really blessed to be able to do what I love and love what I do. That's great. So do you see yourself doing something more or different with this or is this it for you? Oh, no. I think there's more to come. Keynoting, I think, will continue to grow. I love it. People respond very well. They feel like they, um, the inspiration and the education they share, it's, it has a great impact on a lot of people. So there's nothing greater than that. And I think that that will continue. But I do see maybe in the future that there'll be bigger platforms or opportunities to help others uh, more than what we're doing today. Great. And I read maybe on your website that you have experience in healthcare-related fields prior to doing this. Can you tell us about that a little bit? Absolutely. Uh, I spent about, I don't know, I'd say about 10 years in the pharmaceutical industry. Started out as a sales rep a couple of years after college and represented a lot of different various drugs, but spent the majority of my time in the mental health industry, supporting doctors prescribing prescriptive medications to help mental health challenge people. And then moved in from sales into training. So I would train the sales reps and then eventually moved into managing teams of sales representatives. I did that for about four years, I think. And then I left that industry and became VP of sales and business development for a CME company. At the time, it was called Distance Learning Network, and it was purchased by United Healthcare, but moved from the medication side of selling and educating doctors and nurses into providing continuing medical education to the healthcare field of professionals. And it was a great experience. And it's kind of, I don't know if the right word's ironic, but it is interesting to me that my journey has taken me on so many paths that today I'm teaching people how to advocate for themselves 
and care for themselves proactively, preventatively, and in matters where they need to heal the body through lifestyle choices and food. So I definitely believe there's a place for everything, but I would love for people to advocate for themselves with their daily choices so that hopefully we don't need all the medications and modalities necessary to sometimes help with these ailments, that we could do some of the work ourselves. And do it maybe preventatively rather than later in a treatment way. Absolutely. Absolutely. There's a place for all of it. I want to be very clear that I see my MD and I love him dearly and I do my annual checkups and all of that. And we need the whole team. But I think we're in such a place of demand and busyness and just pulled in so many directions in this life that we lead in the workforce and taking care of kids or aging parents or whatever it might look like, that we lose sight of our opportunity and our ability to choose how we want to participate in life and to care for ourselves. And that's what I really love to ignite and really get those thoughts going in someone's mind and help them feel inspired and empowered to take some steps for themselves. That's great. Do you think that the busyness that so many of us live in with one task after another, after another, and then you collapse at the end of the day is related to some of that? Absolutely. Stress plays a magnificent role in disease progression, and it takes quite a few years for disease to set in. And that's one thing that I learned through my own journey. Our decisions on a daily basis feed us in health for that day and the days ahead. But we're talking about the choices I'm making today having an impact on my life eight to 10 years from now. So it really matters. And we we aren't able to keep our stress levels in check. And they are the highest that they've been. We do a lot of focus group work with the corporate wellness work that we do. And people consistently report in our focus group sessions that their average daily stress level is around a seven to eight out of a 10 point scale. So we need to be aware of this and we need to start implementing strategies and tools and practices on a daily basis that allow us to really feel calm even when the storm is (laughs) hitting hard. And it is possible. I know it is because I practice it myself. Oh, I can't wait. (laughs) We're never immune to stress. It's going to be there. That's a fact of the matter. But we can certainly choose to participate in a positive way and mitigate some of that. Oh, I'm sitting in the front row. I'm convinced. (laughs) (laughs) So it sounds like you've learned a lot of lessons through this journey. What would you say is the most important thing? That whole notion of the stress now and the decisions now impacting us eight to 10 years later is very interesting. What else were valuable lessons that you've learned throughout this process, would you say? Well, I'd say from a patient perspective, the biggest thing I learned is that you have to advocate for yourself and view yourself as a member of the care team. And I heard a lot of things along the way that just didn't agree with me, or maybe they were answers given to me because they didn't have an answer. I would leave feeling deflated. I had doctors and practitioners that just didn't really want to listen to what I had to share. But when you can continue advocating for yourself and being open to every possibility that exists and keep working away until you find the right person, the right teammate 
to listen and to help and to navigate with you. That's kind of the magic sauce. And I had to be open to new possibility because the doctors who were caring for me, there was no answer, there was no treatment, and I had to find other options. And so I've done a lot of different treatment modalities with holistic practitioners, with functional medicine doctors, with my MD and and family practice doctor and specialists. So it takes a village and a healthy team, and you have to be the one to build that team and have it come together to work for you. And I think we lose sight of that sometimes. So we take a statement or a diagnosis or a sentence or a directive as the end-all be-all. I would ask that you don't do that and try to advocate for yourself and be open to other journeys or possibilities. So in other words, don't accept what you were told necessarily without doing all that. Especially if it doesn't sit right. When I was told my different diagnoses, it's not that I said, well, I don't have that. You can't tell me that. It's not that kind of thing. It's more just if someone says there's no treatment or there's no this or this is kind of your sentence for life, just know that there might be another possibility that it's not and keep searching and advocate for yourself. And that's sort of what you did that ended you up in this place now. It does. And then as a certified health coach, I think my biggest learned lesson there is when I first started coaching over nine years ago, I had all of my notes, I had all of my handouts prepared ahead of time every time someone would come into my little office. And I would have someone come in and in my agenda, it was going to be that we were talking about leafy greens and brassicas and how great they are for your body. And the client would come in and she was a complete wreck because she had a very stressful event take place in life. And emotionally, she was really struggling and she was so stressed. And it was in that moment that I realized health is not about some specific perfect plan. Health is all about progression and meeting people where they are and understanding that broccoli probably doesn't matter in the midst of an emotional crisis. Yep, it would help the body. But as a coach, I have to be very open to a few things, and that is that we're each bio-individually designed and created. I was taught that way at the Institute for Integrative Nutrition, and I think it's very true for all people. Everybody works a little bit differently from the next. There's no one magic plan for everyone. And the other part is that I always in life, I try to meet people and support people where they are and enter that relationship and conversation without judgment. I'm human. It happens sometimes. I got to shut it down because we're all doing our absolute best and we're doing what we know. And sometimes it's not serving us so well. So what a privilege and honor to have the opportunity to help people maybe go in a different direction or be able to provide some inspiration or strategies or education to help them do something more for themselves. That really rings true with me to with the type of work that our type of nurse does in terms of working with people who've had these massive events and changes to their body image and their body function. So that really makes a lot of sense to me, what you're saying. So I think that will relate really well to your audience in Cleveland. Well, and it's interesting, just everything we go through, every decision we make, every choice, every, everything feeds into our health. 
And as nurses caring for these individuals who have been through great hardship a lot of the time before coming to your care, they're just going through so much that what a beautiful gift it is for you to be able to be a positive light in their world and to help them navigate gracefully and allow them the space they need to have whatever emotions that they need to have during a session with them. It's really powerful. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. I bet that you get a lot of opportunities to give keynote addresses and provide workshops. So what prompted you to say yes to the WOCN event? Was there anything particular? Well, I'm always drawn to groups that are givers. And it's not to say that I don't keynote for groups that maybe aren't giving as much in the sense of patient care. But when it comes to the healthcare industry and nurses and professionals within it, Gosh, your group of people who will be sitting in this audience are some of the biggest givers. And you guys give to the greatest extent. And what I've seen in working with other nursing groups is that it's very common in your role as a giver, an unlimited giver, I would call you, that you lose sight. It's very easy for any of us, but especially for you when you're giving so much to others, it's very easy to lose sight of what you need for yourself. And I said yes to this because I think that it's the biggest joy to be able to help these caregivers and nurses celebrate themselves and just give a space for them to breathe, for them to relax, for them to feel inspired and engaged and have a few laughs and walk out feeling like, oh my gosh, I could actually do this one thing she shared and it will make a difference, I promise. So I think bottom line, it's about giving back to all of you because you give so much. And that's just, that's like, that brings me so much joy to be able to serve in that manner. And just really lift them up because it takes a lot for you guys to do the work that you do. So you enjoy working with groups of nurses and I'm taking it. Absolutely. <laughs> I've worked with nurses, groups of doctors, group of healthcare administrators. I've gone in and worked with hospital systems, with all their executive teams. It's been really neat to do that because not only do I have the education and my areas of expertise lie in what I call table food and life food. So it's all the food that we nourish our body with, but so much more than that. It's everything that we do in life. It's our relationships and our stress management and healthy boundaries, all these things that come together to be able to serve. And when I can go into these healthcare groups and inspire them to maybe think in a new way and really consider how all those choices feed in, it makes a difference. For sure. And so can you give us a little sneak preview of what else you're going to talk about in Cleveland? I'm thinking so we'll come out with some takeaway strategies that we can implement, but tell us a little bit, if you can, what you're thinking you're going to say with us. Well, the keynote that I've created for you is called Feel Good, Look Good for Life. And it really is a message about, we all kind of know what we're supposed to be doing. If I sat everyone down and said, tell me the top five things you should be doing to get healthy. I'm sure everyone would say, I need to drink water. I need to eat vegetables. I need to sleep, get movement and things like that. But for whatever reasons, oftentimes it's just not happening. 
And so we're taking care of everyone else. You guys are taking care of patients and it's very demanding and we end up feeling overweight or fatigued or we have joint pain or headaches so we can't sleep at night. And even when we try to give it everything we've got, we just kind of fall short and we find ourselves back into the patterns that we've continued to fall back into every time. But we're longing for better, you know, we're longing for more energy or increased productivity or just more happiness and healthiness. So I really want to inspire people to take back control of their day and their health, but do it with ease. And I will share some very simple practical strategies that can be implemented immediately. And some of them we'll do right when we're together. But it's really about uncovering the secret to long-term health. It's about practicing these simple strategies, just starting with one and building on that so you can mitigate that stress we talked about and really create a healthy environment for yourself. And in the end, it's all about creating ease, even in the midst of very demanding, craziness, busyness, all of it, chaos. Wow. That's perfect. That's just what we need, or at least just what I need. <laughs> it's what I need, too. I'll have to listen to myself. No. There we you all go. need it, right? That's the whole point. Yeah. But sometimes we know what we need, but it's better when somebody else tells you that. Yeah, it's a great reminder. Right. Suggests that you can do that or should do that. And so you just mentioned life food and table food. And I read that someplace in, I think, your website, which is awesome. Can you explain that a little bit and what the differences are between the two and why they're important? Well, what I realized in my own journey, and that is why I decided to study at the Institute for Integrative Nutrition as well, is the foundation of my body being able to get well was shifting how I ate and really looking into making high quality choices around the food that I allowed enter into my body. And that's really what table food is. It's all the food that we use in liquids to nourish the body on a daily basis. So it's what's seated at the table and we're eating. And then life food, I describe as everything else outside of the food that we nourish our body with that feeds us in health or could potentially be negating it. I was a type A, your quintessential type A personality, climbed the corporate ladder. I met my financial goals before I had the date to do it. I would win sales awards and on and on. You just picture it. Lots of people like that. Go, go, go. Please, please, please do everything for everyone. And what I realized through my journey is while the food was helping to build a better foundation for my body to heal, I had to make a lot of shifts in my life. And that included shifts in being able to say no when no was necessary and being able to release the need to control things <laughs> or people's responses or to reduce stress and learn to just get quiet and still and lots of other things too. I had a lot to overhaul. And so when I speak about table food and life food, I really am talking about the food that we nourish the body with as table food. And then all the choices that we make in life also feed our health and happiness. And we have to consider those. And that's life food. It's relationships. It's our level of stress. It's how we sleep. It's the choices that we're making day in and day out. Wow. So you have a very interesting job. Tell me what your usual work day is like if you have that. 
even. Yeah, I kind of chuckle at the, you said usual. Well, right. <laughs> so every day I feel like is different. So picture, um, I work out of my home, my office is right off the front door and I've got all these beautiful windows around it. So it's a bright, airy space. I typically get up at 4.45 a.m. or 5.30. On the 4.45 a.m. days, I'm going to a 5.30 hot yoga class. I do that on Mondays and Wednesdays when I'm in town. And I hit a yoga, a hot yoga class on Friday afternoons typically as well. The other days I get up at 5.30, I also enjoy devotion or prayer kind of thing in the morning, meditation-like. And then I start my day. And typically it's with some hydration and always a hot tea, either green or white tea. And I dive right in. And a typical day will include typically various phone calls with clients, trying to get things together for a keynote or writing a proposal, but also writing content. We have a lot of corporate work we do. We've got an online course and some membership opportunities there. So it's always developing and writing content for my clients and community. And I have two kids. So sometimes it's running up to the school to volunteer for something or getting them to an activity afterwards. But I can tell you consistently, the days that I'm in office, I'm typically on the phone with someone a lot of the time and or writing and following up on all the administrative things. And then during travel, which I do quite a bit, that shifts. So I do try to structure time on the airplane and at the hotel to get work done as well so I can have family time when I do get home and balance that way. So talking about travel, how do you manage travel and minimize stress and then maximize that good table food that you have talked about? Do you have any strategies for that? Because a lot of our our members and our attendees do some work-related travel. Sure. I think number one, you have to decide how you're going to participate in the travel because it is very rare that you get in your car and all goes well on your way to the airport and the lines are short and flights are on time. You're always going to have something come up. So you have to choose to participate positively and that is a choice. So I try to find the blessing or the gratitude in everything because it allows me to focus on the positive and mitigate the simple little things that might take me off the rails kind of thing. I don't allow it. And I use tools. So I have a beautiful neck pillow to support my neck so I don't have cricks in my neck or shoulder pain or anything like that. And I'll typically, that's for if I sleep, but typically on the way out to a conference or a speaking engagement, I will always work. On the way back, I allow myself to celebrate. So I'll rent a movie or watch something on Amazon movies. I will use my neck pillow and I just enjoy. I'll get myself a big hot tea before I get on the plane and I just kind of snuggle down and that's my quiet time just to decompress and recharge a little bit before I get home. Other things are, I always stay connected to my family and I make time to call friends because sometimes being on the road can be a lonely venture. And then also just getting movement and trying to stay in my structured, my morning routine and things like that, trying to take that on as best as I can with time changes and things. And then from a food standpoint, The key there is that you always manage the menu. So when I open a menu, I kind of look at it as, I don't know, like a grocery store where everything is at my disposal. I do not look at meals as they are defined. So I might see that they have wild caught salmon on one entree, but I see a sweet potato on another one and I see asparagus someplace else and I see steamed spinach or something. I make my own little things up and I ask if they can do that. Sometimes there's a little upcharge and I'll pay it. 
I'd rather put the investment in now than in my care later. And so that's how I navigate that. But I'm also, depending on how long the stay is where I'm staying, if it's a two or three day stay, often I will take a rental car and Uber to a Whole Foods or grocery store and I stock up on some fruit and different things, non-perishables, like maybe a bar that I like or get some juices. If there's a refrigerator, like celery juice or leafy greens juice, so that I can keep up some of my habits on the road when possible. Right. Right. Those are great suggestions. So where's the most exciting or glamorous place you've traveled for work? Any place good? (laughs) You might laugh at this, but I think the most exciting thing was I've had beautiful opportunities and gorgeous rooms that people put me up in that I think, gosh, they really didn't need to do this. But I think the most exciting thing was I was asked to speak for a conference in Orlando and it was right across the street from SeaWorld and in very close proximity to Universal. And I did not visit those places, but I brought my children with me. And they got to swim in the pool all day and they got to go to the parks while I worked. And then I had some time with them to spend. And they thought, I mean, just the joy that that brought them, they thought that was the most incredible thing on earth. They want to go on more trips with me. And I thought, wow, that was a really cool experience to be able to provide that to the kids and go do what I love to do. It worked really well. So I wouldn't say it was glamorous, but it was really exciting to be able to have them there with me and just a unique experience that I don't always have. Sure. I bet they won't forget that either, the kids. I don't think they will. (laughs) Nope. That'll be a good memory for a long time. Sure. That's great. So I signed up for your website and I'm getting the emails, which I really like. And so I wondered if you could share with our listeners where they can go to learn more about you and your work, and then maybe get some of the tips that you have there on health and wellness. Absolutely. Well, it's pretty easy. My website is just my name, Angela Gaffney. So A-N-G-E-L-A-G-A-F-F-N-E-Y, AngelaGaffney.com. And there, there are plenty of blog articles that cover on everything, you know, from a life food standpoint and a table food standpoint. We have some recipes in there. New information comes out weekly in there, so lots of opportunity. They can also sign up for my newsletter if you'd like that in your email box weekly, just some tips and tricks to keep you focused. And you can read more about us and the work we do that we're so passionate about. And our phone number and email are on there. So if there's something that you're just wanting to know before we meet, just know that we are here to serve and to be a valuable resource to each of you. And we love it when we hear from people. So reach out, phone or email, and let us know how we can be a resource to you. Oh, great. Okay. That's great. So what else should I have asked you, Angela, that I didn't? Anything important for our listeners or anything that they would be interested in knowing before we hear you in Cleveland? Well... I guess one thing I could say, I tell everyone always, above all else, we have to be kind and true to ourselves. And I had the thought that when you asked me a question that sometimes we go to conferences, me included, and we get there and there, as much as it could be free flowing and easy, sometimes it also feels very demanding and a little hectic and you're running from one class to the next into this breakout and you've got a coffee meeting with this teammate and It's kind of nonstop. So please be kind and true to yourselves as you enter into the conference and allow yourself space to take a breath, 
space to digest information before you move from one class to the next. Have a little journal or notepad just to pick the one thing you're going to focus on from each session you attend so that you can actually do something with that information when you get back home. And the other thing is to try to honor your needs. If you need a 15-minute break, (laughs) take that 15-minute break so that you feel not just well, but really feel vibrant and full of energy during that and after you get home so you're not fully depleted. And that comes by building awareness and just really being kind and true to yourself and doing what's going to serve you well. That's great. You'll be happy to know that this conference was redesigned last year so that there's a lot more opportunity for that than there ever was in the past. So it's very interesting you say that because it was such a different experience between two years ago and one year ago because it used to be morning till night and you were in from one thing to the next. And this was much more organized and there was time to breathe and talk to people. So uh, I think you'll be proud of how the WOCN has changed that conference. I love hearing that. And you know what? The cool thing about conferences or getting people together like this, don't ever discount the connection that you can make with others. Because as great as the information is or the credits you're getting for attending or all of that, it's really about the connection with people that really fulfill us and taking part in activities and things that we're passionate about and have fun with. So have a little fun while you're there and connect during those beautiful organized times where you can decompress and connect with others. What a gift. That's great advice. Well, thank you again for joining me today. And I look forward to hearing your presentation in Cleveland. And I'm really excited and I appreciate your time. Thank you, Jody. It's such a joy to be here with all of you today. Thank you so much. If you'd like more information on Angela and her work, go to her website at AngelaGaffney.com. That's A-N-G-E-L-A-G-A-F-F-N-E-Y.com. And contact options are available there for you. Talk to you next time. Thank you for listening to this episode of Walk Talk please visit wocn.org slash podcast for additional details about this topic and the speakers. You can also get more information about subscribing to this podcast so you never miss an episode and to get the latest news and information from the WOCN Society. Again, that's wocn.org slash podcast. We look forward to having you join us for the next episode of Walk Talk. Walk Talk.